What is up, Panther fans? Welcome back to Weekend at Hermes, your Panthers podcast. I'm Steven Sears, joined always by Chase Pletcher. How are you doing today, Chase? What's good? You know, I'm pretty good. I, you know, dealing with a little sinus infection, but, uh, mm. you know, nothing... I'm still brave, brave enough to podcast it. So. <laughs> All right, well, that's good. That's good. We had a successful week one. Uh, came out on top against the Jets, which we're going to recover in this week's episode. Uh, before we get into that, wanted to run by some quick news. Um, earlier this week, uh, Santo- Santoso, Ryan Santoso, I believe, was uh, released already after joining the team just in the final game. Right before the final game of the preseason, he joined, took Joey Slow spot, Joey Sly spot, and now he's gone. <laughs> Uh, replaced by Zane Gonzalez, who was the former Arizona Cardinals kicker, I believe. Um, he was on, I think, Detroit's practice squad, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so we picked him up to replace Santoso. Um, will that go well? I have my doubts, but we have a new kicker. Your thoughts, Chase? <laughs> I mean, I'm fine with it. You know, we didn't really see much of Santoso, so I'm sure it came as a surprise to people. Um, I don't think we just cut him because he missed one extra point. But mm-hmm. clearly – so I don't think it – there's no way all what, like, rule based off this decision of or fitter or whoever based this decision off of. There's no way it was ba- just based off of the week one game. Um, considering they punted from the 33 in the first right. half before he had, – he hadn't even a, attempted a kick in the game yet. So it wasn't like this was the drive after he missed an extra point or anything. They didn't even feel comfortable attempting what would have been a 50-yard field goal with him. Um, in the first half of a game that was tied against a team that's not very good. So clearly there was something they had been seeing in practice that told them that, like, hey, we can't even try field goals this long with this guy. And so if that's the case, I'm more than fine with him being gone. Yeah, I agree. It was definitely definitely clear once they once they trotted uh, the, the dang punt team out there. <laughs> Everybody was like, what the hell is going on? But I guess now we know what was going on. So he's gone. Gonzalez is in. I assume he'll be the guy. I know we had a guy stashed on the practice squad, I think. Um, maybe they're competing right now during practice this week to see who kicks on Sunday. But we shall see. Um, moving on from that, John Miller has returned off the COVID list, so he's back. Um, will be in- interesting to see how the offensive line shakes up because they had a pretty decent showing on Sunday, I think. It wasn't horrible. Um, I wasn't like – like, oh, my God, Sam Donald's running for his life. So, I mean, that's a good thing for this line. So, it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. Yeah, I thought it was a lot better until I saw that stat that our pass block win rate was, like, 20%. Um, <laughs> it got a, my, my view of everything got a lot worse after that. But I thought they did okay. But, yeah, it will be interesting to see if Miller – I'd assume Miller will just go straight back to right guard. But, you know, it'd just be interesting to see how long they give – those guys on the left side, how how long of a leash they get when we have two rookies, uh, Deontay and uh, and Brady, just like waiting to p- get their shot. You know, both of them most likely at guard, um, but it'd just be interesting. Yeah. To see. Yeah, I mean, we were definitely kind of pushing for Deontay already, and he didn't even make the the fifty three last week. So something to take note of. Uh, whatever happening in practice, maybe he's not impressing, but. We shall see. Hopefully we can get an offensive line to be steady for the entire season instead of rotating guys in and out. That's never really a good thing for the line. We want to be a cohesive unit. But yeah, no, let's move on to the Jets, this, right? Or go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, yeah, and this upcoming week will be a big test of kind of telling us, does the line just need to be drastically shaken up or what? So we'll mm-hmm. see. Yes, we will. But uh, let's recap week one against the Jets. Uh Got a win at home, nineteen to fourteen. Kind of a low-scoring game. Uh, we we kept them hanging in it for a long for a long time. There um, started off strong in the first half, got away from us in the second half, but the defense may, remained pretty dominant throughout the whole thing. I would say. Yeah, yeah, you know, towards the end, it's hard to. I mean, the NFL, the NFL just has its way. Games almost just always end up as one-score games. It feels like. Um, Unless you get blown out, blown out. It just, the NFL finds a way. It does not matter if you were up by 20 at some point or 17 or what. It just feels like games always just are going to end in one score. Um, and so, you know, I'm not too worried about the end of the game. You know, I wish we could have just put it away, put it away. But I don't really think it's anything to worry about. Um, you know, Zach, Zach Wilson and that offense were bound to kind of score some points eventually. And, 
you know, it's, it's just hard to maintain that intensity through the whole game to where you're going to hold a team to a shutout. So, you know, even at the end, I didn't really think the defense was necessarily doing anything bad. I thought more so the Jets were just making some good plays offensively. But overall, mm-hmm. you know, the defense was great. They uh, they had Zach Wilson in hell. Um, yeah. Poor guy. First game <laughs> in the NFL. When, when uh, Derek Brown hit him. Um, when they, I, th- I think it was the drive where they end up getting their second touchdown. Um, I think it was yeah. a player two before he threw that touchdown to Corey Davis, that second one. Um, like I, I thought he was coming off the field really. Like I saw him yeah, laying he, there. He was flattened. It took him a second to get up off the ground, but like him and then yeah. I want to say like gross Matos or someone else kind of like was on the back of uh, Derek Brown and they both just landed like right on top of him. I was like, bro, that's like a lot of weight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, believe, and if Zach wasn't a rookie, like if Zach was Tom Brady or something, that's those type of calls where they do like the body weight landed on the quarterback. They throw the flag yeah. and everything. He's too young to get that call. And I don't think it should be a flag anyway, but like, that's how much of like a pancake it was. He just, mm-hmm. they, he got absolutely flattened. So defense did a great job. Um, defense did what it should, should have done, you know, cause a lot of people will be like, Oh, you can't be too happy about the defense. It was the jets. Well, they did what they were supposed to do then. So I'm happy. Yeah, for sure. They posted up six sacks, um, 10 quarterback hits. Let's see. Uh, Hassan Reddick led the way with one and a half. And then behind, behind, behind him, you had Shaq Thompson with one, Derek Brown with one, Burns with one, Marquise Haynes with one, and then Davion Nixon had half a sack. So, like, all these guys were doing a pretty good job of getting to the quarterback. So, credit to Phil Snow there. He was really, really scheming up against the rookie. But credit to Zach Wilson, too, because he showed some perseverance in in that game. Yeah, I feel like it would have been very easy to, like, not, you know, have those two drives later in the game. Um, Now, I mean, of course, you know, I'm a big fan of his, but watching him in person for the first time, you know, it was about everything I would have expected. Even early on in the game when he started off, like, one of nine, it was Mm -hmm. like he was – I mean, he's not afraid to throw the ball. His arm is – I mean, I thought his arm was, like, visibly even though i think darnold's arm is pretty strong or a pretty good arm i think zach's was like visibly even better um, yeah so i i definitely don't think there's any question about his talent he seemed to move fine in the pocket i didn't really think i mean you gotta it's hard to say with a rookie i didn't really it's, think it's, he ran in to any of those sacks in my opinion but. no it's definitely tough because i mean like we just said we were getting after him so he was almost running for his life almost like all every single play so Taking yeah, that into consideration, I feel like he didn't like. Besides the interception to Shaq Thompson, I, I feel like he didn't make too many like glaring mistakes. No, no, you know he had those. He had probably like you know two or three easier throws. Who would have liked to get back? But yeah. He made quite a few tough throws. And I don't know if you remember, but early in that game when the score was still zero to zero, he threw that like fifty-five, six-yard bomb that it went through the guy. He dove and. It was in the guy's hands, and everyone in the stadium thought it was caught. There was an obnoxious Jets fan in front of sitting in front of me. He, uh, we saw it go into the guy's hands because it was on the other side from us. And he got up and he was all in our faces, turned around and everything. <laughs> and I'm just looking at the ball laying on the ground. I'm like, he celebrated for at least ten seconds. I'm like, hey, hey, turn around, buddy. <laughs> but um, <laughs> you know, I thought he was, I, I, I thought he was pretty good. You know, for for run for his life, he he didn't really look to just throw the ball away. He kept his head up. He glided mm-hmm. around the pocket. You know, he, he did a good job, but the defense was better. Yeah, so props yeah defense was definitely and, better. Uh, and props ahead. to Shaq, you know. Yes. I've, I've never said anything about bad about him before. You know, I've that's, that's always cap. knew. I've always knew he had this in him, really. <laughs> that's that's definitely a, a fib. But, yeah, Shaq came out with a very strong performance. It might be the number change, man. We've been hating on the number changes. You know, me and you, we're being, we're being yeah. real grandpas about it. But, I mean, that seven looks clean. I mean, I can't even lie. The seven was clean. Gave him ten tackles, one sack, one pick, one tackle for loss, three pass deflections. I mean, he was everywhere. He was showing out. So, kudos to him. Great start to the season. Hopefully, he can keep some consistency with it and carry that throughout the rest of of the year. I mean, he'll have to really show up next week because we have a big-time game against the Saints coming, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Yep. But, uh... Kind of now talking about the offense. But, yeah, the last thing I'll say on Shaq is, like, yeah, I actually think the seven looks cool on him. For most people, I think it looks terrible. All the <laughs> changes. Like, good Lord, watching that first game on uh, on Thursday, Leonard Fournette wearing seven. Like, 
There was a seven tackling a seven. Like, what the hell was that? So it's just ridiculous. Absurd. It's ugly. But, but it, I mean, it's, it looks good on check. It looks good on check. As long as they're having fun, you know, I guess that's all that really matters. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> no. Yeah, kind of talk about the offense now. I thought the I thought the offense was less impressive than the defense. But mm-hmm. I don't I, I thought the first half was very good. What's concerning is is that was also something that happened a lot last year. Yeah. Was the first half offense would come out smooth. You know, now I, I will say the first quarter I didn't think was all that great for us. It was really that second quarter we found our groove. Agree. But like generally speaking, the first half as a whole was significantly better than the second half. And so I just I feel like more so than anything, that's like a Joe Brady thing. Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of a lot of back and forth with uh, between the fans on Twitter with him. I I mean, I've said some things. I feel like most for the most part, you know, I'm kind of almost joking, but at the same time, I'm not. Like, there is something right. there. I think the main thing with him is like, so like last year he got all these head coaching shouts, right? But it right. seemed like we were never really like clicking like that on offense where he should have deserved that kind of kind of credit. And then yeah. come out – this this past Sunday, and again, we kind of start all flat. We get rolling in the second quarter. It looks okay. He's scheming guys open pretty well, but once we get into that red zone, it's a little shaky, and it was kind of more so the same on Sunday. I mean, there were some throws that Sam probably could have had back, like that one that Ian Thomas in the end zone that he overthrew. Like, he had him. The read was there. He just missed yeah. the throw. You know, it happens, whatever. But, I mean, again, it's just kind of like a reoccurring thing, and then you get to the second half of the ball game, and it's just kind of like – are we even like playing offense? Like what's going on? Right. And it's like, we're just relying heavily on CMC and DJ Moore, And I, I don't know. I mean, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think that is the thing with Joe Brady. I think if he had just got hired like a normal offensive coordinator, um, like most of them get hired as like, Oh, this is our new OC uh, with the new regimen. Let's see how it goes. I don't really, or at least I'd like to think people wouldn't be this hard on him, but I think it's simply because of kind of how he had gotten hyped up and the fact that he was getting head coach interviews that, like, I don't think it's wrong to expect a little bit more because I do admit, like, from a general perspective, like, in a vacuum, we probably are being a little hard on him. Yeah. But, like you said, you can't help what these external factors are. He's being hyped like this. He's getting interviewed for head coaching jobs when we were like 25th in touchdowns last year and all that stuff. And so it's kind of like, well, then I think it's kind of okay for us to be hard on them. Yeah. And right. so, yeah. And- yeah. But I, and like you said, it'd be easy to say on this one game sample, a couple of the things where we didn't score might not have be, might not be directly attributed. And like you said, Darnold misses Ian on a touchdown. Ian maybe still could have caught it, but Darnold sure could have thrown it better. Um, the fourth down where the fullback ran into Darnold, like all that stuff. It's like, can you put that directly on Brady? No, but when it feels like something random happens like that every game for the past 17 games yeah. going back to last year, then it's like maybe it at least has something to do with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, Rule came out and said that even that fumble uh, with the fullback, like that's just on coaching because, I mean, that's just something that should be – second hand so I guess obviously they right. weren't practicing the reps there or they're not being clean enough with it in practice I don't know but some of that stuff yeah. does come down to coaching just timing and things like that but uh, yeah I mean we are being a little hard on him for sure but uh, I mean when you're getting as much hype as he is like sometimes some exactly. tough love is needed so yeah I mean I know hopefully he can he can clean up the red zone woes Sam and the receivers can get more on the same page we can he can skate off to a head coaching diet by the end of the season, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and before I forget, I do want to bring up, because you brought up a rule. People, the past couple of days I've seen people, like, talking about, wow, we're only one game of the season. Why is rule calling out all these players? It's so blah, blah, blah. Okay, 99% of the time when fans freak out about a coach calling out a player, the players almost never view it that drastically. It's like the shit that's with Mike Variable. And the Julio Jones, you you probably got all these like alerts. Vrabel goes after Julio Jones, like no, he wasn't. Like anybody that's played a sport knows that's just how like coaches talk, and that's just how they communicate. I highly doubt Julio Jones in that situation like felt offended, and it's kind of the same like rule. He said something about the O line, like oh the O line has to do a better job of protecting Sam. He was saying like how Chuba missed a couple blocks. He was like we just need rookies to not play like rookies. And I see people like how is Rule going to go and like start calling out all our players? Blah blah. 
he's not. Like, I promise you the players don't take it anywhere near as seriously as some of these fans are. Like, it's not like, I don't want to use the phrase grow up, but it's like anybody that's played sports knows, like, that's just how it goes. And I promise you the players rarely take offense to it like that. I mean, even last year, people thought Bruce Arians was being such a dick to Brady. I highly yeah. doubt Brady felt that was the case. It's just that's just how people talk sometimes. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, it, it... – it's definitely nothing like to get to get worked up over like you know we need rookies to not play like rookies like yeah okay sure like that kind of sounds like like yeah obviously i guess kind of like a thing yeah but i mean he he does have a fair point like would you rather him like you know be honest with us or just i mean people will, like get mad when he lies and he's like oh yeah, yeah i mean he's having a great preseason and next thing you know the guy's <laughs> cut like you can't have it i mean Pick a pick a side, right? <laughs> right, yeah. You you can't have it both ways. Like, would you rather him go out there and say, "Well, Pat Eflon, like he he played the best game I've seen from a left guard in a long time," because then people will be like, "Rules just like full of shit," blah blah blah. Like, I'm cool with him being honest with us. To be completely honest, between rule and fitter, um, that's probably the most honest like upfront we've probably ever had between a yeah. GM coach. Like Ron was always a little more, and I'm not saying there's a right or wrong way to do it, but Ron was always a little more discreet about it. Gettleman and Herney never really talked to the media like that, like Fitter mm-hmm. had. And so I don't mind, like, the complete upfront honesty. It's it's fine with me. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I couldn't care less. But, <laughs> I mean, whatever. But getting – Yeah. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, saying, you, you, going back into the offense, you were talking about relying on yeah. CMC. Yeah, he, it was great to have him back because, I mean, he looked good. <laughs> oh, yeah, he looks – I mean, he's fantastic. He's a hell of a player. Um if I ever said I wanted to trade him, I was 100% lying. <laughs> but, but no, he's he's really good. I mean, he had another like really complete game, um, 98 rushing yards and 89 passing yards. But are we still using him too much because 57 out of 64 snaps? I mean, how do we feel about that? Yeah, he's probably still getting used a little too much. Maybe as Sam and the receivers develop a little more chemistry, and hopefully the O-line develops a little more chemistry, we don't have to like check it down as much. And maybe that's just how the specific game last week was going. You know, it is a one-game sample, so I won't freak out yet until after like mm-hmm. two or three weeks, and it's the exact same thing. But uh, was it Rule yesterday? Somebody was bringing up that uh, you know they didn't feel like CMC took any crazy big hits. And so that's, that's good fair. at least, but I would still like to just see the, like he's on pace for 510 touches because he had 30 touches. And so, or I think 30, something like that. I could be wrong. Uh, it's somewhere around there, but yeah, no, um, you're right. 30. Exactly. Yeah. So he, he's on pace for over 500 touches. So of course you don't want that, but until the, that exact same workload has continued over about a three game span, uh, I won't, you know, freak out about it too much yet. So, Overall, it was just good to have him back. You know, I think a lot of people kind of did forget how good he was. You know, I, of course, still have my qualms with his contract. But, and that's just if he holds up. Like, if he stays completely healthy the rest, like, through his extension, he's probably worth the money because he can block. He actually is a decent blocker um, nowadays, in my opinion. Um, He, of course, brings the receiving game, all that. So, it was good to have him back. Um, Obviously, CMC's good. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, I say all the time, like, if, if, with the contract thing, like if he were a receiver, then like he'd probably be like a top 10 receiver in the league. And so like, I'm cool in, in that sense. Right. But right. Uh, I mean, it, like you said, it's a one game sample, but, and I guess Chuba Hubbard's playing like a rookie. And I guess rule said that also <laughs> Royce Freeman wasn't like quite up to speed yet. So maybe that's why we didn't see him. So maybe as the season progresses, maybe this week against the saints, we see more Royce Freeman, maybe CMC doesn't get as many touches. But then again, it is the Saints, and it's a very, very, very important game. So it could be another week of CMC 30 touches. I would not be surprised at all. Yeah, no, I I, I could see that happening. And the more of CMC's touches that come from the receiving game, the less I'm worried about his wear and tear. Because there's a lot Mm -hmm. of receivers that catch a lot of passes every game. You know, a guy like Diggs last year, Slant Boy, two years ago, or whoever. (laughs) Receivers just don't get hit the same way running backs do unless it's like a hospital ball but cmc when you're running the routes he does even if he were to play in the slot he's really just not running the routes to get like hospital like you know what i mean so all his stuff is to the sidelines and he's likely running out of bounds or you know something like that 
Yeah, and, and CMC's a good runner, too. I mean, remember that video we watched a few, like, month or month and a half ago where it was, like, the four running backs doing that little drill and oh, all yeah. their feet just got progressively <laughs> slower and slower and slower. Like, so people kind of get it wrong. Like, CMC is still good at running the football. He knows the lanes. He's quick. Um, but I still don't think it hurts to minimize that, especially in, like, very, very, like, up-the-middle situations. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely agree. Also, the absence of Curtis probably, you know, a little bit played a part for that this week, I think, you know, because a lot of times last year he was getting some running back touches. And we saw DJ Moore get one carry, um, which worked out pretty well. But So maybe they, you know, are struggling to replicate that at this very second. But we'll have to see how that unfolds. Maybe like Shy Smith, yeah. once he gets healthy, he can maybe take that that role. I don't know. But yeah, no, that that would be interesting to see if they try to use shot like they used Curtis at all. And another thing was Curtis was used all the time on third down last year, and yeah. so it's kind of like maybe we don't have that replacement yet. Um, because as good as DJ and Robbie are, they aren't. I don't think they can just get open in the blink of an eye, like quite like Curtis could. Um, just a flash open for a third down real quick. So, mm-hmm. like I said, they're still kind of looking for that replacement, and CMC's always there. Can't blame the guy for throwing it to him, especially with the O-line situation. Um, no, yeah, I mean, DJ, if he's open, hit him. <laughs> yeah. DJ, DJ had a pretty good game. Um, that catch was awesome. Super, super D- good. DJ is is very, very, very good at the, the sport of football, I must say. He is. He, he He's getting better and better, which I love, because yeah. I really just, you know, I, I had my – doubts you know after like you know around rookie year or so between the fumbling and didn't think he was super crisp as a route runner but he just gets better and better and better like really mm-hmm. i remember i think last great. year last year on like the podcast or whatever you would always say like you know if dj is like a number two like that's fine but i think he just like every week he seems to improve um and yeah I, he, if he's not like you know star number one then he is literally like right after that which is perfectly okay but I think, I mean, yeah. I'm a huge fan. I think he is, he might be amongst like the elites of the receivers at this point. He, he's, he's getting up there, you know, it's hard, it's hard to rank, but yeah, he's, he's getting up there. Cause like you said, he just, he makes things happen. Mm-hmm. Like that catch on the sideline, like you just said, was just ridiculous. Like not a lot of guys are making that play. Yeah. Hell of a throw. And then an even better of a catch, like to mm-hmm. get your feet down. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. All right, so speaking of throws, we want to talk about Sam. Uh, last year we yeah. had the TED Talk. Um, I don't know what the hell we can call it this year, but <laughs> Sam Darnold week I'm just one. Glad I'm just glad we don't have to call it the TED Talk anymore. <laughs> Although, hey, he was balling, though, but, you know, whatever. That's none of my concern. Uh, Joey Slide <laughs> Joey balled, too, and we don't want his ass back. Hey, fair enough, fair enough. All right, but, uh, Sam Darnold. Twenty-four of thirty-five this week, two hundred seventy-nine yards, one touchdown, and he had a, a carrying touchdown. Got his got his little Vic on. Yeah, that was that was nice. Hell yeah, well, was quicker great. quicker than I expected coming out of there. <laughs> yeah, did you know Sam set the Panthers' record for most passing yards in in, a, in the first half in a game on Sunday? Really. I guess he, he was already like 200. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, 234 pass yards in the first half, and apparently that's the most in like the first half of a game in like Panthers history. That's which that's is like exciting, wild. but also we he finished with 279. So <laughs> yeah, I, after the first half, because my friend that like uh, he was at the game too, but I was like in I went to like the bathroom or something at halftime, um, and. He, like, texted me. He was like, Sam set the record. I was like, what? There's no way. I didn't know how many yards he had had at that point because I just, like, don't pay attention to those exact stats while I'm at the game. So I was like, what? There's no way. Because I was like, in my mind, I'm like, there's no way he had, like, well over 200. He had 234. I was like, damn. Okay. Yeah. But uh, they they, they flashed yeah, a overall, stat at halftime comparing him and uh, Zach Wilson, and it was like he was at 230 and Zach was at, like, 70-something. And everybody was like, <laughs> oh, look at that. The Jets got it wrong. And I was like, well, yeah. I mean, shoot. <laughs> Yeah, no, I I, uh, I thought Sam was uh, pretty solid. Um, if you look at the pass chart, it's funny. He uh, he was like three of five or like three of four on passes over 20 yards. Mm-hmm. He was like 21 of 22 for passes less than 10 yards. But between 10 and 20 yards, he was like. He didn't hit anything. Oh, he was like 0 of 8 or something yeah. like that. So it was kind of funny. He was He was very good deep. He was very 
efficient short, but that intermediate, he struggled. And a couple of them, I think, were some passes that, while they weren't perfect throws, they could have been caught. So we talked about the Ian one. I think another one, I think there was one or two that Terrace had, Terrence had. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think there was Early one or two. Game, who, it was like, I remember seeing throw. Yeah, and it was like, that wasn't a perfect throw, sure. But I think he had two, one or two that could have been caught. So a couple of those intermediate incompletions, I wouldn't say are completely on Sam. But I do think the intermediate range of the field's actually, uh, I think that's the toughest range of the field to be super uh, consistently efficient at because those deep passes, some quarterbacks just don't throw them unless they're open. Mm-hmm. The short passes, you have to be efficient if you're a quarterback because it's basically nowadays with the way the run- league is, short passes are mostly just like 2020s version of running the ball or like the 1990 version of running the ball. So yeah, but it's, it's that intermediate range where it's rarely are those going to be schematically perfectly open like some of those deep passes are but you got to make those you got to at least throw some here and there you know you can't avoid taking those shot not taking those throws so I do think that's the toughest area of the field in my opinion to be like consistently above average at but uh you know that hopefully that's just a chemistry thing but other than that you know I thought he was good had the uh the deep ball that was awesome uh it was actually really impressive he he stepped up in the pocket flipped his hips mm-hmm. let it loose I thought that was an impressive play. Like, not only the throw, but the work in the pocket there. Yeah, CMC had a hell of a block on that play, too. But that, that play was awesome. The throw to DJ. Even that terrace play that you just talked about with, with the back shoulder, that was, like, a hell of a throw early in the game that, like, I was like, oh, okay, wow. But, I mean, other than that, like, he showed great arm strength. I mean, every throw he made, and like, that was, like, deep and not, like, a check down. I was like, okay, he's, he's slinging it. Like, he's kind of doing his thing. Like, I was never kind of – like I was thinking, like last year when we would watch, like with with Teddy, and he would throw these deep balls and complete them, and it was kind of like, all right, like he's this guy's just like lucking the hell out, like like half these passes they're, shouldn't they're, be completed. The, the like, receiver DJ, had to do a little bit. Yeah, extra work. DJ and Curtis are like belling this dude out. Like Robbie's wa- running wide open, which you know Sam got like this game as well. But I, I didn't feel that way in this game. I felt like every ball was kind of like, if it was caught, it was in a good it was a good throw. Like he had a lot of good throws. There wasn't, there weren't really many bad throws besides that one that Ian, I have to watch the game again. I need to watch like on game pass or anything because NFL.com sucks. But yeah, I mean, I was impressed for week one. Um, I thought he did a good job. Second half, obviously we've touched on this, like offense was very not there, but that could be due to a factor of things that we just don't, we just don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's hard to attribute that, you know, the same way we couldn't say for a fact it's Joe Brady, but it seems like just, you know, as a pattern from last year, it's hard to blame it exactly on mm-hmm. Sam. You know, overall, though, on the week, it, it was nice that, like, they're, co- they're comfortable using him running, too. That's nice. Um, but overall, on the week, you know, I'll give Sam a B. You know, I thought he was above average. Um, I, can, I, can roll, I can rock with that. I'm ready, I'm ready to see how he, uh, how he does against a tough opponent coming up. Yeah, so you want to just segue into that with uh, week two against the Saints? Yeah, you know, and I, I think there's a section of fans. This is, of course, prior to this past week when the Saints annihilated the Packers. But I think kind of going into the season as a whole, there's a segment of fans that kind of were thinking, oh, we got to win that Saints game. It's, it's, it's like I said on the uh, preseason podcast, like uh, they think Drew Brees was the magic ingredient to these last couple of years for the Saints. Not the mm-hmm. case. Um, and so I think even the fans that thought the Saints were going to be a tough game, like you or I, um, I think everyone now is really on high alert. Like, now I think the game's going to be even tougher than I initially oh, thought. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> after seeing what the Saints did to Green Bay. Yeah, and it wasn't like a traditional Saints win, too. Like, for one, all right, so James, they won 38-30. to James had five touchdowns, which is insane. He didn't even throw 200 yards. So, he didn't even like, throw 150 yards. He even throw 150 yards. <laughs> so, so it, I don't know. It, that's weird in itself, but I didn't get a chance to watch this game. But, like, from what I'm assuming, the Saints' defense was, I guess, outstanding, which is not yes. kind of like what they've been the past couple of seasons, right? Yeah, I mean, their defense has been up and down the past couple of seasons, but they look good. They looked like they had Rodgers rattled. Now there is the conspiracy. Rodgers might just be in, like, well, Fine, you won't trade me. Okay, I'll play for you <laughs> and suck ass. Like, so there's always a whole chance that Rogers doing that. But no, like in a, on a less conspiracy theory's note, the defense looked really damn good. Marcus Lattimore looked good. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, they look good. There's Jameis. They're, they're, well, let's put their offensive line looked incredible as well. Um, mm. Jameis made good decisions. Jameis made good throws when he needed to. Um, he made smart decisions. But that offensive line looked incredible as well. Okay, so that is going to be a key matchup then because our defensive line was looking incredible. So that against yeah. that Saints offensive line, that'll be a fun thing to watch right there. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, ready to see how – I mean, hell, I'd say the defensive lineman for us that stood out the most to me was YGM because he played mm-hmm. 19 snaps and had four pressures. Yeah. So, no, I mean, he, that's – four pressures on 19 snaps, that's making the most, you know, of your chances right there. Yeah, every time he was on the field, I was like, oh, he's kind of doing something. But I didn't realize he would only had 19, like, snaps because um, he was, like, all over the place, it seemed like. Like you just said, he had four pressures. I mean, that's kind of significant. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, for sure. But it'll be interesting with the Saints. I mean, Kamara had a pretty good game, but, I mean, Jameis, I guess, stole the show with the five touchdowns, and Packers not yeah, being no, able to do anything like yeah. remotely close to what the Packers do from last season was is was kind of scary. Yeah, so. It, it, it was very weird. I'm not ready to freak out about the Packers yet. Like I said, they they played Detroit no, on yeah. football this week. I'm absolutely positive the Packers are going to win, are just going to annihilate the Lions. Like, they're going yeah. to embarrass them, probably. If, if they don't, then it's code red for them, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm happy for Jameis, though. Like I said, I'm a big Jameis fan. Uh, you know, and the, and the top it off, that fifth touchdown he had, he threw that, like, moonshot. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm happy for the guy. Um, he's fun, fun player to watch. It was, you know, I like to see him throw that deep ball. It kind of shows Sean Payton hasn't coached too much of like the Jameis we all know and love out of him. Um, <laughs> he didn't yeah. quite make him Drew Brees, but you know, I think having the better offensive line and just you know a guy like Sean Payton who can probably scheme things up a little bit easier for Jameis than uh, I mean he had Bruce Arians his last year in Tampa, but all the people we had the years before, I uh, expect Jameis to be a little more efficient. He might not throw for quite as many yards. As he as the five thousand he did two years ago, but expect him to be you know same old Jameis, but probably just a little toned down, a little bit less yards, a little a little bit less turnovers, but you know still pretty good. Yeah, I feel that. Um, so you want to do predictions? Yeah, yeah, we can do yeah. that. Uh, you you can start. Yeah, I'll start. Um, I'm gonna stick with what I said in the last week's episode. I'm gonna give us the loss here. I think. I think it's going to be a closer game than like we probably expect. Like, I, you know, we were talking, we were kind of talking pretty highly about the Saints. Like, like you know, they probably want to whoop us or whatever. But I think it'll be a close game, probably something like 28 to 24. You know, like you just said at the beginning of the, the podcast, like every game somehow ends up being like a one score game. <laughs> I can see it yeah. being something like that. Um, I think i'm interested to see how the offense does in this game because if the saints defense is like truly legit and holding the packers offense like they did last week um that'll be a pretty good test with our like shaky offensive line and really good weapons also sam darnold getting like probably his first like legitimate test against like an actual nfl team (laughs) uh that'll be that'll be something to watch yeah yeah um yeah our o-line might be in for a bad day Uh, Mm um It's possible, but no, I do kind of agree with what you're saying because I think after they blew out the Packers, I think it, I think it's common, you know, I think a good portion of the fan base is kind of like, damn, like, we're not even close to the Saints level. They should kill us. Yeah, you're right. We probably aren't close to the Saints level. I still think the Saints win the NFC South, personally. Um, I think they're better than – I, I don't – it's hard to say. Like, let me put it like this. The Saints beat the Bucks pretty easily twice last year. And they would have beat the Bucks pretty easily in the playoffs if either if one or two things happened. Either Jared Cook didn't fumble or Jameis just played the whole game. If one or two of those two things happened, the Saints probably beat the Bucks in the playoffs as well. I still think they win the NFC South. So no, I don't think we're on any tier close to them. Um but but I just think we find a way to keep it make it closer with them. You know, it's a mm-hmm. home game. Uh we, we 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 were close with the Saints that one game last year. I'm gonna give the Saints the thirty one to twenty seven win. Um, you know, I, I think their offense will still do great, but I think our offense putting up, you know, 27 points, hanging in there with the Saints, I think it might make people feel a little bit better. That kind of were. Yeah. Didn't feel I, I got to see like a – Things ended last week. 
I can see like a couple turnovers from Jameis like this week, you know, maybe like a pick, fumble or something like that, kind of swaying the momentum, yeah, like, giving us a little run. He's bound to not have like a perfect week, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like I mean, he had five touchdowns last week, so <laughs> he's, he's definitely teeing up for like two touchdowns, three picks this week or something crazy. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, yeah, because I, I could see it being something like that. You know, maybe the Saints are up thirty-one to twenty-seven, or it's thirty-one to seventeen, and kind of late in the fourth, we score ten points, make it close, but just can't quite pull off the comeback. Because I could definitely mm-hmm. see the Saints taking an early lead for sure. Yeah, definitely. Okay, uh, finish up with like around the league. We'll just like kind of take a look at some or highlight some things that happened um, last week. So NFC South went three and one. Both of us had – well, actually, I guess we didn't really do that. But I had Atlanta losing to, to the Eagles, um, and the Eagles completely destroyed them. So Atlanta might suck again, or the Eagles are a lot better than I expected. I think we said the Eagles had one of the worst rosters in the league when we were doing the uh, the game-by-game breakdown. <laughs> yeah, I, I uh, me and my roommates on a whiteboard, we do like week-by-week predictions, and I had the Eagles winning mm-hmm. – um, no, I had oh, I had really? Atlanta winning. Yeah, no, I had Atlanta winning. Yeah, yeah, because like, I don't know. Like, I honestly just think that I thought the Eagles were gonna suck. And the thing is, they still could. The two thousand one Panthers won the oh, first yeah. game of the season and lost fifteen straight. Um, mm-hmm. but it's possible. I do think Atlanta's gonna suck again, regardless. I'm not ready to say quite yet, though, that the Eagles are better than I expected. But I will say, I do think Jalen Hurts will probably be a little bit better than I anticipated him being. Um. I don't know why, but for some reason, ever since I got a little look at my tweets, like even back when he was that year at Alabama, where leading up to when he got benched for two in the championship, for some reason I was just not big on him. Like for some reason, there's just been something I've just, I guess I've just never felt. I don't know. The, I've well, just never arm, been a big Hurts guy. His, I mean, his I got, the passing has always been a little suspect. Like it's there, or, like he shows really good flashes, but like it's never like that consistent, which kind of is I, concerning. But that, that's that was my issue. I've never liked the arm strength, and I've never thought he was quite an elite level athlete. The same way you look at some of these guys, like whether it be Josh Allen or Lamar or any of these guys that like we would consider pretty athletic, even like a Justin Herbert. Mm-hmm. Really, like, I've thought, like, Hertz is, of course, athletic as well and dynamic, you know, dual threat. But I guess I never thought he was at that top level. Like, I would have considered, now I take it back, but, like, even at Bama, I would have considered Tua to be more athletic than him. And I guess I just kind of overlooked some of his game. But he's probably going to be a little bit better than I expected. Yeah, I mean, he's he's definitely dynamic. But, I, I mean, I kind of agree with what you just said, though, in terms of his, like, athleticism. Because it's not like, I feel like he's he, he's not like, he doesn't have, like, Lamar speed. Right. And he's not like, right. you know, versatile like that, but it might be on the same level as like a Justin Herbert, which I guess is OK. But that's also kind of weird because they, like they run him into the ground. <laughs> but Yes, that's why it confuses me, because I never looked at Hertz really as a running quarterback. And I was like, if he was a running quarterback, fine, but I never looked at him as a running quarterback. So I never felt like his arm strength or anything was able to make up for the fact that he wasn't a running quarterback. Like at Bama, yeah. I was under the impression he really wasn't a huge dual threat. But, you know, they do, like you said, they kind of run him in the ground, and he's been doing a solid job with it. But I definitely don't view him being Lamar fast, but he's also not Josh Allen big. So it's kind of like that's where I kind of like how long can it be super, super effective, the whole thing, because I don't think he's over the top like size or speed wise. Yeah, I agree. It's definitely strange, but he he won me a fantasy championship last year. So, you know, thank you. Yeah, no, and then the other thing with them, not to stick too much on the Eagles because I don't give a fuck about them, but um, <laughs> is also when you look at his pass charts, they literally don't throw over the middle of the field, and I feel like at some point teams are just going to like adjust to that. Yeah, that is very weird. But, um, yeah, let's move on from them. Um, that was our Eagles segment for the year, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. Uh, NFC West, 1-0, um, all four teams. All of them look pretty good. Um, so yeah. We talked last week about uh, probably needing 10 wins to get into the playoffs at the end of the season. That's probably going to be very true if all those teams uh, stick to the path that they're currently on. Yeah, yeah. the, t- the toughest path, the teams that are in our way, 
for a hypothetical wildcard situation is every team in the West and whoever doesn't win the NFC South between the Bucks and the Saints. Mm-hmm. Um, we would somehow need to be better than two of those potential six teams. Okay, let's just pretend like the Bucks win the NFC South and the Rams win the NFC West. We would need to be better than two of the Niners, Cardinals, Seahawks, and Saints, which seems insanely difficult to do. Yeah, um, I don't, point being, NFC, NFC West is legit. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't think that's possible, quite honestly. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, we'll have, we'll have to see. I mean, I have the Cardinals as like uh, being in the NFC Championship, losing to the Packers. So my Cardinal stock is up. I'm feeling good about it. I know you had the Rams. I think right. Yeah, yeah. Kyler, he's my MVP favorite right now. Okay. He's who I – midway through last year, I would have given him MVP, you know, after that Sunday night win against the Seahawks last year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. About midway through the year, he was awesome. You know, Rodgers is always going to win it. But, you know, I'm I'm a big – I'm a huge Kyler guy. I think he's he's a top-five quarterback. Um, So, he looked good. Rams looked as efficient as you could hope. Yeah, that was – Good Lord. I, I was I've impressed. I've never seen an easier win in my life. <laughs> I mean, I I was like, uh, I mean, I think we're both pretty like high on Stafford or whatever. But He's I mean, good. I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was going to be quite like that. <laughs> like he, he was just so doing what he wanted. I was, I was, yeah, that was impressive. And they didn't even have to do all that much. Like, I mean, his it was what twenty of twenty six, three hundred twenty yards, three touchdowns. That sounds amazing. Didn't even look like they really had to try or press anything. Mm-mm. Like. Man, like you know, I, I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, Stafford's the best quarterback in the league. But like, yeah, no. he's pretty comfortably in my top ten. You know, that back end of the top ten for me, if I had to do a ranking, and like giving a guy, a Sean McVay, a guy like that, even a guy like that is just, I mean, mixed with the fact that they have the best corner and the best defensive player in football in the same defense, yeah, all that stuff. They're probably my favorite in that division as a whole. Um, Seahawks, we knew were going to be good. The Niners, you know, took care of business and looked good. I'll, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they do their whole quarterback situation, though. Yeah, that's definitely interesting. I mean, they almost let the who are they playing the the Lions come back on them, but I mean, they I guess they held strong. That I mean, their thing is was a little weird. I know, like my boy, I was playing my boy in like in fantasy, and he had Jimmy G starting, and I guess Trey Lance came in and like took the red zone snaps and like scored a touchdown <laughs> instead of Jimmy G, who played the whole drive. I'm like, okay, yeah. well, like that's. That's pretty freaking weird. Like they might as well if they trust him to do that, just play him, right? Like, yeah. Um, and uh, Stephen Ruiz actually did an article on that. I, I guess it would have been Kaepernick's rookie year with Alex Smith. Um, they the the Niners kind of did some of that then. It wasn't even the year where Kaepernick became the starter because that was his second year. Because like he came in the league the same year as Cam. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, and his blow up year was the year after that. Um. But they hmm. the Niners did kind of some stuff like that because he, he went through and he showed a bunch of clips. Like, they would use some to like, in kind of, like, run packages or some red zone packages where you might want to feel like you can get a little more creative. Um, so I, I, I'd be interested to see if Jimmy G just stays a little efficient. I will say I think Alex Smith is better than Jimmy G. But um, I, I they might just do that until Jimmy G literally just, like, shits his pants. <laughs> yeah, I can see Or that. gets hurt as he's bound to. I don't know. Yeah, it'll happen eventually, and Trey Lance will take the fold. But uh, speaking of Trey Lance, let's finish this off with a little rookie little rookie quarterback discussion. I know we want to talk about it a little bit. Yeah. Um, so we can Lance, start. You know, we, yeah, go ahead. We, can just, we already talked about Lance. I guess there's not much more to say. He had a touchdown. He threw one pass. He'll probably be used in a lot of red zone or, like, dynamic packages. Um, and at some point, you know, at most, Jimmy G has it this year. You know, it's very obvious. You know, mm-hmm. even if the Niners won the Super Bowl with Jimmy G, this is his last year. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we'll just, it'll just be interesting to see. It was kind of like with the Alex Smith and Mahomes thing. Not to use Alex Smith again as an example, but, every, like, Alex Smith was awesome that year. He led the league in passer rating, which, fake stat, but, you know, still impressive. Um, and everyone <laughs> knew he was going to be gone regardless. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they go moving forward. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, number one overall pick, got his first regular season loss price since he was like 12. <laughs> and they got whooped yeah. up on. Actually, dude, I was pretty shocked by that because they were playing the Texans, and I think the Texans are probably quite easily the worst team in the league. And they put up 37 on these guys. Like, what the Tyra- f- <laughs> 
Tyrod was showing out. Somebody was jokingly said, "What exactly did the Chargers uh, inject into Tyrod? Like it must be yeah. like HGH because <laughs> he was going crazy." Dude, that's insane. You know, I I live uh, in Jacksonville, and like you know, it's, obviously I know a lot of Jags fans, and they're like, "It's code red, man." It's, <laughs> I mean, Trevor. I don't think Trevor was bad. Like obviously, he's got you know, it's the worst team in the league last year, right? So. There's not a lot there. I mean, he's got a couple weapons, like Chark's good. And, you know, he did have three touchdowns, but he had three picks, you know, a couple yeah. of bad throws. But it was definitely a, a welcome to the NFL kind of game for him, which I was pretty shocked about considering who they were playing. Yeah, no, I thought his debut, and I guess it's kind of like one of those, like, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's like, a, it doesn't matter either way. But I thought Zach, I thought Zach Wilson handled his first game a little bit better. Trevor still made yeah. some incredible throws, but I thought Trevor probably made a little bit more mistakes, and I he probably seemed a little bit more rattled. Um, mm-hmm. And they played a worse team, you know. I, I, so I thought Zach was a little bit better, but they both kind of – you kind of would expect both of them to have seemingly, if you look at the box score, a little bit rough outings because, yeah. I mean, they're on the two worst teams in the league last year. Right. So I don't think and, – and not everyone can have a debut like Cam or Andrew Luck, right? Like mm-hmm. – if, if either one of them has, like, a camera and Andrew Luck year, like, they're going to be special, special, special for a long time. And it's possible, but, like, point being is it's very rare that, like, first or second overall draft pick just goes out and, like, has an easy, easy go of things their rookie year. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I mean, would they say, like, number one overall pick hasn't won his first game, or at least a quarterback hasn't won his first game in, I don't even know, forever? Like, yeah, a long-ass time. <laughs> I, I, I but, I can't even imagine how long it would have been. Yeah, but um, we already talked about Zach Wilson. Pretty good. He looked very composed, even though he was getting beat the hell up the whole game. Um, Lance, Justin Fields, free free Fields. There's no reason Andy Dalton should be playing. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just a hilarious situation because, like, okay, there's been plenty of times where a quarterback hasn't started their rookie year or even started right away. But, like, yeah. what is the point of not letting him start if you're just going to have Andy Dalton go out there and not do anything? Like, we all saw the Andy Dalton pass chart. We talked about that in the group chat. Did he even – he didn't complete a pass over 10 yards. He's It's like, horrible. I mean, it's one they're thing – like, tr- like, you know, we're talking about Jimmy Garoppolo, fair enough. You know, Alex Smith, fair enough. Like, whatever. But, come on. Andy Dalton. That's like if we had Cam and then, like, we let Jimmy Clausen play. Like, dude. <laughs> Come on! <laughs> like, and don't get me wrong, Andy Dalton's probably a great vet to have as the best. Yeah, I mean, the he's definitely better there. than Jimmy Clausen. Like, no disrespect to him, he's done his he's done his thing. But like, come on, like, there's no point. He's probably one of the better backups in the league. He's you know he's been to the playoffs. He's been on some good teams. But like, they're not trying anything special with him. So it's just hilarious that anytime they do any like semi interesting play, they would bring in Fields. And so at that point, it's just kind of like. Like, even with the Niners, you can argue maybe they're doing the Lance stuff for strategic purposes. But anything cool that the Bears did all night was with Justin Fields in the game. Yeah. And so, like, just just play him. Like, because you have no interest. They weren't throwing deep passes with Andy Dalton. Like, that game felt over from the start. Like, it, it's just it makes so no sense. I feel like they're just losing games. Like, they're, like, knowingly losing games. And I honestly feel like the head coach would probably be fired for that. Like, <laughs> like it's, it's pretty offensive. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just it's just but, like obnoxious. Like, yeah. But anyways, yeah, uh, the last that, guy to talk about that's their problem. Mac, mac yeah, and cheese. Yeah, they'll, they'll they'll figure it out eventually. Yeah, mac and cheese. Yeah. Um, mac and cheese. Apparently, Jones. he had a pretty solid um, game. Yeah, I I mean. I was catching like highlights and like flashes. It seemed like he was throwing the ball pretty well. Uh, I mean, they lost seventeen to sixteen against the Dolphins. Um, I. I guess he didn't do anything like too spectacular. They didn't score too many touchdowns, but I mean, I guess it was decent. I don't know. Yeah, he wasn't spectacular. He wasn't bad. He didn't really have any terrible moments. Uh, didn't seem like he had any great ones either. And you know, personally, I just think that's kind of going to be some bulk of most of his career. Um, yeah, I think he'll be a pretty standard guy. Um, you know, he'll need, but 
they'll need his help here and there. He'll he'll make some solid throws. Um, but see, I'll just always have concerns about his arm strength. You know, yeah. I think he can make the right read, the right move in the pocket, the correct throw, throw perfect placement. But I just don't know if the arm strength will be there to consistently beat defenders to make high level throws all the time. Mm-hmm. It'll be it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I mean, he 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 did create a little war on Twitter, which was bound to happen because I guess Cam Cam beat the Dolphins last year yeah. with me and you playing receiver. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mac did it, but I mean the Patriots fans seem seem very happy that he performed the way he did. I guess so. Good for them. Yep, Patriots fans no, seemed happy them. that he played good. Pa- Panthers fans seemed happy that he played bad. So that's just kind of yeah, symbolic yeah. of like Twitter. Fifty percent people. Lost. Yeah, and one thing I'm going to say about that, guys, fellow Cam stands. <laughs> anybody that knows me, like I've been. I've been here from day one, right? Like, you can find tweets from 2012 of me talking about, man, I love Cam Newton, like, all that stuff. Take it from me, fellow Cam stands. Please stop embarrassing yourselves by stooping so low that you have to shit on a rookie quarterback losing his first game where he didn't really do that much, right? Like, he didn't do anything. He didn't have, like, the game losing pick six. Um, he didn't have these embarrassing moments. He just was okay. Um, so please stop stooping so low that like, as a revenge thing for Cam, we have to feel like we have to shit on this guy because it makes us look bad. And it's sad how far we've fallen because three years ago, (laughs) it it is, it's sad how far we've fallen. Three years ago, we were having arguments about was Cam the third best quarterback in the league or is he the fifth best? Is he in the MVP race or not? Like those are the type of arguments we used to have. And now we're like getting hype because a rookie quarterback didn't win his first game of the season. The first start of his career. Like it's very sad, right? Like it's extremely, (laughs) extremely sad. Like it was only like three and a half years ago when Cam had the best game of his career in the playoffs against the saints. And, you know, starting of 2018, he was kind of in the MVP MVP race, you know, Mahomes was always going to win it, but people talk about Cam being second or third on that ladder with Andrew Luck. Mm-hmm. And so, like, just to see what it's all become, it's just so embarrassing. It is It is quite sad. I mean, and, especially that he's not even there anymore. Like, it's one thing, but, oh, dude, Cam's on the Patriots, put him in, we'll win the game. Like, he's, right, he's not right. there. He's That'd not there. He probably doesn't care, like, at all anymore. You know, no, I mean, he doesn't. For one, he he didn't care enough to put himself in a better situation to begin with. So, like, why why should we? <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's just like, it's it's insane. Um, and we talked about this before the show. Am I rooting for Mac Jones? No. Um, if I'm being completely honest, I'm not. Like, I don't. I didn't think he was gonna be good anyway. But you know, all the stuff that was with the Patriots doesn't make me dislike him more. Yes, it absolutely does. So I'm certainly not cheering for him. But we don't have to stoop so low that we are like embar- trying to like embarrass some rookie for like all because of Cam, right? Like, like Cam's so Cam's legacy is so much better than that. Cam, at the best of his career, was so much better than us having to debate training camp battles and training camp stats and the fact that Cam beat the Dolphins in Week One last year and Mac didn't and, and all this shit. Like that's just so above Cam. So let's just cut it out. Amen to that. On that note, let's call it a podcast. <laughs> well, uh, hey, we'll be back next week. Uh, that was Weekend at Hermes or Fitterers or whatever you want to call this podcast right now. Uh, I'm Steven Sears. That was Chase Pletcher. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Steve's Tweets underscore and at Chase Pletcher 4. And we will catch you all next week. Peace.